2: It's the Sonic Truth Fantasy Dynasty Podcast Show with the Podfather and Theo Greminger, And I'm feeling great. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Bonus show out of nowhere. December 22nd. Yes, we are still at it. We are still grinding. We're still here. We're still standing. We're still strong! And we're still thinking about Dynasty At a time when very few Dynasty trades are happening, anyone's thinking about Dynasty, talking about Dynasty, it's Christmas time, it's the the fantasy playoff semifinals and the championships, you want to win your leagues, then you can start thinking about the offseason. We're not doing that. No. We're not doing that. Our minds are already on the 2024 season. We are going to do two rounds, a very quick, under an hour, Two round dynasty startup mock. The Pod Father and Theo. I already have players I know I want. This will be single quarterback
0: just to kick us off, just to get just to wet the appetite. Yeah, this is the first of many, Matt. We're going to be rocking and rolling with rookie content, with dynasty startup content. This is like the Sonic Truth time to shine. The offseason is the best for us. Uh, give it a little Christmas treat for everybody today. The Pod Father's got the 101. Uh, And I'm ready to rock, Matt. Ready to rock whenever you are. Yes, and so we're just going to get started.
2: All right, I'm just going to say it. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is my guy. I don't like what happened with Justin Jefferson, man. I don't like this. Jamar Chase has never had a serious injury He's never had questions about the long-term viability of his quarterback and his situation and all Jamar Chase is doing now is putting up boom performances with Jake Browning and that's all I need to see. Lock it in 101 Dynasty Startup Jamar Chase
0: fight me. I mean, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's egregious. It's not it's not the way I would have gone. I would have gone with Justin Jefferson at the 1, but Jamar Chase was my 102. Uh, I mean, it comes down to it, Matt, 19.5 points per game, 21.7 points per game, 18.5 points per game. Justin Jefferson is just locked in. I think that it's going to be a conversation next year where both of these guys are going to go like 3-4 in redraft. And in most Dynasty startups, I think this is your one-two when it's all said and done. They're so locked in. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in.
2: So any, no concerns with Justin Jefferson, no concerns about Kirk Cousins, no concerns about the injury, no concerns about Jordan Addison's presence, no concerns. And there's a lot of good players in this passing game in Minnesota. They got Hawkinson, you know, they, they, I, I've heard that there are mouths and that those mouths want to be fed. They want food in the mouths of the receivers in Minnesota.
0: And I just want to make sure that there's enough food I think at the at the end of the day Justin Jefferson is a target hog since he's come into the league. I love Jordan Addison, um but at the end of the day we've seen countless examples, Matt, of two wide receivers thriving in the same offense. I do think that they're going to get it together with Kirk Cousins. I think like the Josh Dobbs experience uh was kind of a lesson for them that they had a thing that they could kind of rely on. Um you know, Kirk Cousins is is like it's like a safety blanket for this offense. And I think at the end of the day, he's not going to switch teams. I think they'll get it together with Kirk cousins. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to be very excited about the Minnesota passing game this offseason. Once again, it's going to be very consolidated, but Jordan Addison, he's a, he's steaming up. I don't think he's going to go in this top 24, but if we kept it going, we would hear his name kind of hurt, heard, uh, heard, you know, earlier than we would have a couple months ago, but Justin Jefferson has commanded targets, Throughout his NFL career, he's put up week-winning uh, stats. Throughout his NFL career, he's extremely insulated. He's still young. Um, I, I'm not not concerned enough to drop him down in a dynasty startup. Nor should you be. No, that, that was a good response. But Jamar
2: Chase, there's a chance. I think mean, a high likelihood T. Higgins goes somewhere like Carolina. T. Yeah. Higgins wants to get the bag, secure the bag, make sure that you have a, a tight hold on the bag. T, get the bag, and if I'm the Bengals, I have a lot of other problems and a lot of other issues to address and weaknesses on this roster if I want to return to the AFC Conference Championship, make a run at the Super Bowl. And my second receiver is not a high priority on the spending list. So just rationally, it doesn't make sense for them to Sign T. Higgins to this big extension, one that he can get elsewhere. So I don't think T. Higgins will be back, and I think it consolidates the targets around Jamar Chase even more. Even more reason to go Jamar Chase there. Just looking at the situations, and the chat is rocking right now. Soggy Danger says it sounds like the Puka Train. That was the uh, the, the, the train horn that we heard earlier. That was the Puka Train, according to Soggy Danger. And I got, I can got also do a spoiler alert. So we, we have the the, the the train horn, but we also have the spoiler alert sound effect. Shh! Spoiler alert! So there's no no Puka Nakua gonna be drafted today. I don't think.
0: Never say never. I think you might you might hear Puka you might hear Puka's name called. But we are going through 24 picks here, and I'm a Puka guy. And last night Puka Nakua gave everyone you know 30 plus points. Fantasy semifinals, a lot of, lot, of, lot of Puka, a lot of Puka Nakua love. And I even put a Dynasty poll on Twitter today. I put a Marvin Harrison versus Puka Nakua poll, which you would think would have been like 100% Marvin Harrison Jr. Got a couple of Puka votes in there. So the uh, the Dynasty love is there for Puka Nakua right now, Matt. It's, it's, it's intense. It is 24
2: picks. There is only one quarterback. Neither one of us typically draft tight ends early in Dynasty which leaves plenty of room for Puka Nakua. So I, I know that that uh, I tried to spoiler alert it, like it was obvious. It's not obvious at all. In fact, Puka probably will get drafted. Damn it. Will it be me, though? Will it be me? That's, that's going to be the big question. Will I push the button? Because that's like, a, oh, we know you don't like Puka Nakua, right? And then the last three shows, we've had arguments like why I think Puka Nakua should be ahead of all these other receivers. It's like, no, rationally, when you look at, a rookie wide receiver with this many targets, they never fail. So I am a student of history, and a student of history cannot just disregard Puka Nakua. That was a, I, wish, I wish it were serious, but it wasn't. But we're not going to draft him in the first round, I'll tell you that. Well, geez, we'll see.
0: We'll see how this goes.
2: Well, geez, I got I can't spoiler alert that either. I'll tell you this. This is what I'll tell you. Uh, Puka, we're not, I'm not gonna draft him right now. How about that? I'm not gonna draft Puka Nakua with the third pick. With the third pick. Oh, this is a tough one. This is a this is a tricky situation because I have my heart and my head and oh God. I know I see I know that there's a at least five receivers that I'll be happy with in the next few rounds, though. Again, this is not this is not us drafting for two teams. This is us drafting team by team by team. I have 6 teams and you have 6 teams. It should be that we would each have 4 teams, but Allen just left us. Allen was to the at the last minute Allen's like guys, I can't do the
0: show. And we're like we're just going to go forward without you, Allen. Shout out to Allen. We'll be back. We'll be back with Allen right after the new year doing probably something similar to this, but we, we, were, we were heavily burned this
2: year by running backs. Running backs destroyed a lot of hopes and a lot of dreams for fantasy gamers this year. And for that reason, again, if this were my second pick, if we were drafting just two teams here, I would probably go running back because I have a receiver now. We have a receiver in the barn, secured, right? But now this is team three I'm drafting for. If I'm drafting for team three and I'm starting the draft... I'm not going with a running back with the third pick overall. It's not happening, man. I'm going C.D. Lamb.
0: That's it, C.D. Lamb. Lock it in. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's like these kind of weapons of mass destruction level wide receivers. It's probably like the traditional way of of starting out this your dynasty team for long term success. Uh, and C.D. Lamb's just been fantastic since the bye week. He's been as good as anybody. I love the pick, Matt. I think it's a really good one. We discussed CeeDee Lamb in the pre-show. You, Theo, you're you're up. You're going to make the fourth pick. You're going to make the fourth pick. You're going to make the fourth pick
2: after this. This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout, but then they added... Challenges, so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community, and then you can browse the community's lines and say, "Hey, this guy's crazy. I'm going to take the other side." It's cool, and they have fantasy bingo. Rival fantasies reminded me how much fun I can have with fantasy football, and use that promo code PLAYER. The promo code is PLAYER. They give you a $100 instant deposit match plus $25 plus a free play. That promo code is PLAYER for up to $125 in deposit bonus and a free play.
1: Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
2: With the fourth pick in the Dynasty startup mock for 2024 on the Sonic Truth Dynasty
0: podcast, Theo Greminger selects. It's easy right here, Matt. And I was worried you're going to select him at the 103, and that's Jameer Gibbs. I'm going with our, our running back one overall in Dynasty at Player Profiler. Uh, this was a, a long road for Jameer Gibbs. He really earned it, and we've seen unbelievable production. He now has five top three weekly finishes at the running back spot, and this is despite the presence of David Montgomery. Uh, you're talking about a 21-and-a-half-year-old running back. I think that he's going to smash for years and years to come. I know you're shaking your head. You made it might have gone wide receiver there, Matt, but I'm going Jameer Gibbs. I'm locking him in, running back one off the board. This is
2: team four. Team four, you're going to start the draft with a running back.
0: We are. That's going to be our edge. You've gone with the top three wide receivers. And instead of taking like, there's like maybe two more wide receivers that are kind of in their own mini tier, maybe three. You might hear another name uh, mentioned pretty soon. But I think Gibbs really stands out. And I think that he's, these kind of running backs with this sort of pass catching ability, this is like what we've seen with Alvin Kamara. This is what we've seen with Christian McCaffrey, where these guys are the kind of guys that could go nuclear. I think that Jameer Gibbs is a chance next year. We're talking about like 22 points a game, 23 points a game. And with his skill set, with his big breakaway ability, he leads the NFL and runs over 20 yards. Um, I think the sky's the limit. This is like a, a game breaking type fantasy talent. And I think that he's going to absolutely smash in year two. There's not while, a while ago, Matt, if we would have done this like four, four games into the season, you know, there were some concerns about Gibbs. He earned this role on the offense And uh, I think the sky's the limit for him in 2024. At any given
2: moment, a running back can just poof. That's right. Remember Jonathan Taylor? He was the 101 in all formats last year. Literally in 2022, the 101 in all formats was the 23 year old running back, Jonathan Taylor. And then poof, poof on the contract, poof on the health, poof on the system. Puff on the quarterback. Puff 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 puff. Everything can go puff. I'm going to go with a more stable option. I'm going to go with the this year's Jerry Rice, the new Jerry Rice. Basically the NFL's current modern version of Jerry Rice and that's amon ross St. Brown. Team 5 is going St. Brown just to lock in that stable wide receiver one that you can pencil
0: in for the next 5 years. That has huge value. That was a discussion uh, that we had in the pre-show. We were talking about, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown versus CeeDee Lamb. I think it's right there. Amon Ross St. Brown's a special talent. Uh, he's young and he's, you know, a, the the guy's an inc- just incredible. Um, we've now seen it for, for pretty much back-to-back seasons where he's putting up huge points towards the end of the season. His rookie year, he was special. I, I love the pick. And I think that it's, this one's actually really difficult for me, Matt. Because, But he's a slot receiver, Theo.
2: He's a slot receiver. He has a limited ceiling. He doesn't have the spike weeks because he's in the slot.
0: You know, Jerry Rice played a lot in the slot, right? Jerry Rice was a slot flanker. If you recall, I sent you an old, you know, very famous, former ESPN analyst with a big, big, big following who was saying that he's a Julian Edelman before the season, Matt. And we, we laughed this one off. Uh, we were both, uh, you know, and Billy Muzio for that matter, the three of us were all pounding the table to draft Amon Ross St. Brown this year. Uh, this was like a cheat code at the end of the first round and redraft. Um, and he's been a, a value in Dynasty too because he's never kind of, kind of reached that pinnacle where the Jefferson Chase level of value is. So you've been able to get Amon Ross St. Brown on your Dynasty team, whether it was his rookie year, fantastic value, were you able to get him in like the second round of rookie drafts, day three pick? And then there was that period of time where it was sell Amon Ross St. Brown because it's unsustainable for a for a guy drafted this late to hold on. So we we were able to get him a bunch of times, and yeah, we're, we've been team Amon Ross St. Brown for a while here at Player Profiler. Can't wait to see what you're going to do next. I'm going to keep it spicy here, Matt. And you were talking about you know no no table talk, but I think that we would agree that there's another wide receiver. That's currently one of the best players in football, in one of the best offenses in football. And the one thing you brought up was his age in comparison to CeeDee Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown, and that's AJ Brown. And AJ Brown would be the logical pick for me. I'm gonna spice things up here. I'm gonna go with one of the best wide receiver prospects I've ever seen. No,
2: come on. You're not, it's too early.
0: I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. over AJ Brown. No. I think we're here. We're here. I'm going Team Youth. I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr., Dynasty Startup, right here at the 106. I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr., 106. Ahead of A.J. Brown, ahead of another running back I love, this is what I'm doing. This is where we're at. And you're going to hear me pounding the table for Marvin Harrison Jr. all offseason long here. Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast is going to turn into Theo pounding the table for Marvin Harrison Jr., well, you just you just made my
2: life easy because I you were you were debating between A.J. Brown and Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna take a running back and go hero RB in Dynasty, which I love doing by the way, anyone that has this book, The Dynasty Dominator, talks about why you know, drafting a running back early in Dynasty is is actually a more sound strategy than doing it in seasonal leagues because yes. Running backs are volatile year to year based on injury, based on usage, based on they're, they're really a product largely of the system that they're operating in. This is the problem that some running backs, the running back I'm about to talk about, had this year is that, yeah, you can be healthy and you can be as good as as anyone. But if you're in a if you're trapped in an offense that doesn't score points as a running back, that will bury you. So as in dynasty you just got to get that talented young running back and you know he's going to have huge years right whether it's you know jonathan taylor or whoever it is there's going to be huge league winning years and then there's going to be some of these fallow periods but at least in dynasty you get you lock in that i'm going to have a couple of those years for that running back and that's the benefit of dynasties you have the four-year, the six-year four six sample, however long you're going to have that player on your roster, instead of just gambling that, oh, just for this one year, I had this running back, and I have no idea what I'm going to get. And so, for me, it's an easy decision to go B. John Robinson. I mean, I want Bijan John Robinson. It was just yesterday, literally yesterday. people Now it's Gibbs at the RB1 spot, and that was the big news item. I mean, that led our – everyone should be subscribing to our newsletter – right so uh, you could go right on on the playerprofiler.com homepage scroll down and you can plug your email in and subscribe to our newsletter where we announced in our underworld weekly newsletter today that Jameer Gibbs has finally surpassed Bijan Robinson on player profilers dynasty rankings that this is a this is the thing that happened today oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's for you. That hallelujah is for you. I know that you're just this big Gibbs fan, and I it's it's exciting. I know it's exciting for you. But for me, I've always appreciated B. John Robinson. Uh, I know that he and Roshan Johnson were just so they were basically the the Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams of college football last year. I believe in the talent, and you have a a, a, a and look at the target volume. Look at all the targets that B. John Robinson has. Uh, commanded this year. Because I, we already knew the offense was going to be underwhelming in Atlanta. The big open question for Bijan was how many passes would he catch? That was the big question. He already has 41 receptions. 41. So that's all I need to see, man. Mark it down, Bijan Robinson for the Podfather at uh what
0: the 7th pick overall and it's it's tremendous value. I think you could have started discussing Bijan Robinson at the 103. Again, the Gibbs, Gibbs Bijan for us is, is very close. And Robinson's a guy where if we were doing this six weeks ago, I think he probably would have been a lock at the 103, but I think that there's a chance that Arthur Smith is back in Atlanta next year. And it's the lack of trust in the coaching staff and the, like, just the lack of clarity on the weekly touches is just disgusting. So I think that this is a player that, Matt, I, I know we're talking about elite values right now, but if we have a head coaching change, we feel better about things at the top, and we also have potential of they're going to make a quarterback change. If we feel good about that quarterback change, Bijan Robinson, I think, is going to gain a ton of value uh, in Dynasty, despite the fact that he's already close to the top. Um, but I right now, you know, in late December 2023, I'm not 100% sure. If Arthur Smith rattles off two straight wins... They're close to it at the end of the year. I don't know if they make that change, and I, I, I cannot trust that with my, you know, that first year being a source of frustration. We've seen what happened with Kyle Pitts. You know, we've seen what's happened with Drake London, and it's sort of the same things happening with with Bijan. So I know we're supposed to bet on talent and be coaching averse in some of these dynasty startup decisions, but can't do it with Arthur Smith. I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make an exception.
2: Okay, that that, that that's that's foolish. That's foolish. The bottom line is, it's a rookie. It's a young rookie. Okay, Jonathan Taylor in his first year in the league. He had 230 carries in the next year, 330 carries. It went up 100. Okay, so okay, that's Jonathan Taylor. Okay, that's 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 a, that's a talent comp. But what about what about the best running back in all of dynasty in all of fantasy ever? Really, Christian McCaffrey. He went from 117 carries to 219 carries in his second year. So these running backs are doubling their carries. They're adding 100 carries from year one to year two, that's just a function of being a rookie and then graduating to a sophomore in the NFL. That's all that is. And Jonathan Taylor, he struggled as a runner. He struggled with his vision. He struggled with his instincts. There were major questions about him in his rookie year. The beauty of B. John Robinson, there's no questions. No one has questioned his ability to run the football. Now no one's questioning his ability to catch the football. It's just the, the natural order of things in the NFL. You just bet on the natural order, Theo. Uh, that's all you're doing. You're you're just you're seeing ghosts, right? You're chasing these coaching ghosts instead of just taking a step back and just following
0: the natural order. Oh, I love, I love. You know, Bijan's been my guy here, Matt. I've been... I can't believe that I'm now the Bijan guy. Listen, you're you're I'm I'm the I'm the Gibbs guy with a lot of love for Bijan. You're the Bijan guy. But I'm also the AJ Brown guy. And you left him for me right here at the 108. I did. I did leave him for you. This is an easy smash for this you. Is, this is a layup. And I think this is actually like the last kind of like uh layup pick. And I think after this it starts being like a little bit of personal preference. No, no, no. I there's one more layup pick. Okay, so there's one more layup. So AJ's easy, 19 points per game this year, 17.6 points per game last year. He's 26 and a half years old. Um, and I think of all the wide receivers we've said. Like I think a year from now there's a chance A.J. Brown leads all wide receivers in PPR points. I think he could lead the NFL in in receiving touchdowns. He's There's no reason to think that he doesn't just become more and more efficient in this offense in year three in the offense. There's nothing to not like about A.J. Brown. He's just a little bit older than Lamb and and Amon Ray St. Brown and Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, as well. He's a lot older than him. So uh, A.J. Brown, easy for me at the 108. Okay. Okay, that,
2: that leaves a pretty clear layup for me. This guy's in a tier by himself, below A.J. Brown, but above a, a bunch of these other, a lot of veterans. Like, after this player, then the door opens to start to picking players that are past the A.J. But I think you're, you're either at the A.J. with A.J. Brown, or you're well before the A.J. you're pre-A.J. with all these other uh, you know super talents we've talked about so far. I'm going Garrett Wilson. I mean, Garrett Wilson has been a target commander in a special way, still incredibly young. All his best years are ahead of him with quarterback upgrades in his destiny. Let's go.
0: I love it. You know, Garrett Wilson, we, we never wavered this year, Matt. Um, and, you know, this season could have gone like there is somewhere in the multiverse. Aaron Rodgers stays healthy and Garrett Wilson is like, you know, wide receiver one overall right now or wide receiver two overall. Uh, he's that talented. This is a great pick. He's young, um, and we got to think that the uh, we got to think the quarterback situation next year is going to be better than at times this year. Um, for me, this is an interesting question of who I select here at the one ten. Though I could go young, I could go old. It depends on which way I want to kind of steer the ship, dynasty wise. It's a big issue for me making this pick, but I think when I get when it comes down to it, at some point you've got to chase the money in year one and. God, I can't even do it. I want to, I want to take him, Matt. I want to take him. He's so old though for a dynasty startup pick here. I'm gonna do it. You're going McCaffrey. I'm going McCaffrey at the 110. Yeah, you're going McCaffrey. I thought you were good. I thought you'd go McCaffrey. I thought McCaffrey's a pretty chalk pick here. Yeah, you know, it's it's just a matter of, you know, checking kind of your priors and the way that you think as a dynasty manager. He's showing no signs of like letting up. He's like an elite fast twitch athlete. He's such a good receiver. And what's funny is this past offseason we had all these question marks about the San Francisco offense. We were discussing who's going to be the starting quarterback. Is it going to be Sam Bradford? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Brock Purdy? I mean, it's almost laughable at this point, but this is going to be the best quarterback um, and the best you know fantasy talent quarterback that we've seen for Christian McCaffrey since peak Cam Newton. Next year, Brock Purdy is going to be drafted as a QB1. The offense is going to have all sorts of, sorts of momentum in the offseason. I think Christian McCaffrey's the 101 in redraft next year. And I think maybe his window is a little, little uh, longer than we usually see. You know, Father Time's undefeated. We hate what it did to Austin Eckler this year. But I don't see that with McCaffrey. It's such a good offense. He's so efficient. And I have no question mark. So all of a sudden, when I make this pick, I my window is open for a championship. I'm definitely not in any sort of building mode. I'm going for the money in year one. I'm taking 30 points per game at the 110. One of the most heavily searched
2: terms on Player Profiler is unrealized air yards, unrealized air yards. And again, there has been so many running backs that have disappointed so many. and I mean, we're talking about millions of dollars, millions, tens of millions of dollars stripped from fantasy gamers because running backs betrayed them in some way, shape, or form. And I, two years ago, It would have been an easy smash. I would have gone with a particular running back. We'll talk about him in a minute. And I would have wanted to build around him. But if it's not Bijan, I'm not drafting a running back in round one of a single quarterback dynasty startup. I'm just not. You have one chance to get a first round wide receiver. And there are plenty of running backs you can build around. Look at all the running backs that are smashing. Kyron Williams, where was he going in startups? Devin Singletary, where is he going in startups? Go down the board. Ty Chandler, where's he going in startups? Right? Think about that. The ability to go and acquire a guy you know is going to get you 15 fantasy points, but could get you 20 next year. That guy is impossible to just pick off the scrap heap, off the back of a dynasty startup. That's just not going to happen. So, for that reason, I got to go Chris Olave here. I got to go Chris Olave, especially just what I saw last night. Thursday night football, he's proven healthy. And he, it was a statement game for Chris Olave. I'm back, and I'm a b- big believer in this group from Ohio State. Marvin Harrison, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. They're you know, three years, four years pre-Apex, and there's no possibility that a, a, a better receiver is added to any of these passing games, whether it be in New York whether it be in uh, New Orleans, it's not going to happen, right? They they are going to be the number one and only get better with time. Only get better as, as 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 we as we roll forward here. So I think it's it's Chris Olave pretty clearly.
0: Yeah, I like the Olave pick. I think that's a strong one, and I know which way you want to. He's been more productive than Garrett Wilson this year. Yeah. Now, Chris Olave, you know, there was kind of this Olave frustration uh, at times earlier this year. But it's sort of, that's kind of gone away. Uh, he looks healthy for the playoffs. And I think it's kind of going to be a recency bias thing where he'll end the year well. He'll probably be drafted close to where he was last year. And when you take a, like, a bird's eye view and you look at like what he's done in two years in New Orleans, like he's it. Like You don't have anything to worry about. This is a foundational pick for you. I actually took him around this range in a couple of dynasty startups last year, Matt, where I was taking him at like the turn. And those teams are all looking pretty good right now. Um for me, at twelve, I'm going to do what you thought about doing at eleven, and I'm going to go with Brees Hall. Oh, I knew it. God I realized there's a, there's it. risk here. There's risk here, you know. But at the end of the day, he's young, and what Brees Hall has been able to do this year in a bad offense, he's the running has been so inefficient. They just cannot run the ball. The Jets have allowed the second most sacks, the second most sacks in football. The offensive line's a joke, but Brees Hall's still been able to give us three top five running back weeks on the season. He's 22 and a half years old. And Matt, we saw him get injured and we saw him come back. And in his first game back from injury in game one, he broke off like an 80-yard run. He has the explosiveness. He has the receiving ability. He has the profile that he could regain a ton of dynasty value and this could look like a huge value for me. Um, There's a chance that a year from now, We're saying, you know, Brees Hall was it over Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. I wouldn't bet on it, but I think Brees Hall for me with the talent, the opportunity, the, what we think will be a better off. I mean, the offensive line can't be worse and the quarterback play can't be worse than what he had to deal with this year. So I'm going to go with Brees Hall at 12 foundational running back. It's a good pick. You
2: really, you really, this is, this is tough. This is tough. Now the nice thing is, is that this particular team Right? Team 12, we know, has a running back. So the one thing I'm not going to do, right? so we're, we're, we're now drafting for the same team. This is Team 12. Team 12 had the last pick in the first round, now has the first pick in the second round. Just to recap the first round, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Marvin Harrison, pff, what? Bijan John Robinson, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson... Christian McCaffrey, Chris Olave, great pick. Brees Hall sniped. And now, see, it's not a snipe because we're actually drafting for the same team. So I I was mad at first, but now I've realized that we're drafting for the same team, the same proxy team. And so now I've got to go wide receiver. Now you got that balance, Matt. You got the balance. You're not going to go robust RB. You're not doing that. No one's doing robust RB. Okay, that's not happening.
0: You get a 25-year-old wide receiver there. And I think it's funny because there was like the negativity with Jalen Waddle for, you know, the first half of the season, he wasn't giving you any spike weeks. But, you know, you're starting to see him really come on. Last week, he absolutely smashed. And at the end of the day, when you talk about Jalen Waddle, like, and you look at what he's been able to do in three years as a pro, he's right there towards where his scoring has been. He was 15 and a half points per game as a rookie, 15 and a half points per game in year two. And then right now he's at 14.8 points per game in year three. So like we've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it. And at the end of the day, father time is undefeated. As much as we love Tyreek Hill, and we're going to hear his name come up soon, he's getting older. He hasn't shown a, a single sign of losing a step. But at the end of the day, Jalen Waddle, I, I think is going to age gracefully. Um, again, you're talking about a guy who's 25 years old and he's given you three straight years of 15 points per game, uh, elite pedigree, elite draft capital, and attached to one of the best offensive minds in football. Uh, I think that's a fine pick for you, Matt.
2: There's a higher likelihood that he becomes an alpha in the next three years than Devontae Smith. It's between Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and long-term alpha capability. Like in the next three years, does this guy have a 20 fantasy point season in him? Jalen Waddle has a higher likelihood of being that guy than Devonte Smith,
0: for me here, this is a, another difficult one, and I'm, I don't want to take Devonta Smith here. I, I'll tell you that there's, for me, I just there's something that feels wrong. I'd rather get him in a few picks. Uh, I'm already looking at Chris Olave as the first pick on this team. So I, for me, it comes down to two running back options. Um, you know, my guy is is Devontae Chain. Well, I'm wondering if you're gonna pick him. I'm I'm actually gonna go with a player you referenced early in the show and that's Jonathan Taylor. And I think for me, Jonathan Taylor is so insulated by that contract and the success that Zach Moss was able to have this year in the Shane Steichen offense. To me, that's a huge positive for Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan, I think this whole Colts offense is going to take a big step forward next year. Anthony Richardson, Shane Steichen year two, Michael Pittman is going to be brought back and Jonathan Taylor and, you know, you've talked about about the Alfred Morris uh, corollary. I think you're going to see Jonathan Taylor just eating uh, and eating in an offense next to Anthony Richardson. I think that the consensus on Taylor in redraft will get more and more bullish as the summer moves along. And, Matt, I just for me, it's like if, if Zach Moss is putting up multiple 20-point weeks in this offense, what's Jonathan Taylor going to do when he has a full season there? And Taylor also, for him to be able to miss the beginning of the season – and then come back and, and have a couple of these spike weeks um and then be able to come back again now like I, I think that there's there's a lot to like about the situation I love it I was wondering what you're gonna
2: do because I don't love a chain there a chain there is too risky yeah that's right
0: Taylor olave is a great nucleus now I know that I know who you got to take here though this one's obvious if you've already pushed the chips in the table for Christian McCaffrey here well, this one is
2: the this is the most obvious pick ever, and I love how things have played out. Where in dynasty startups, it's about strategy. It's about what are you going to do, and you can either do a productive struggle where, hey, year one, I'm gonna I'm gonna accumulate picks, but I'm gonna go for it in year two. I believe in either going for it in year one or going for it in year two, and I also don't believe in in going, you know, total YOLO all old dudes and then you know you, you can compete in for a championship in year one, maybe year two and then you know you you orphan the team like that's a, a cowardly move. I always believe in, in age balance and having young players in reserves that will come up to, to backfill. but there's plenty of rounds where you can go get young players. You can absolutely start a team with two players well past the age apex. And still create a team that can endure, uh, that can uh, replenish itself. So the, the move here, if you have Christian McCaffrey, the move here is
0: 100% Tyree Kill, a million percent. It's a layup for you right there. Um, and I think that that's you've already you've you've established your strategy and you're going for it in year one. And at the end of the day, you're getting the first two picks in redraft next year. So that's uh that's a fairly easy one. Um, so let me see where we're at here. We're gonna be at the we're at the the 204, um, and this is sort of a, again, this is a flat tier. You've started out with Garrett Wilson here, um, which is a foundational wide receiver pick. So I'm a little bit open here. I could go a number of ways. I know what I want to do, but I think this player is going to be there for me in a, in a couple of picks. So I don't think I'm going to force that. I think that this is a time where I could push the chips in with a Devon A-chain. And I think that A-Chain's shown me the ceiling where I realize there's some risk that he's missed multiple games, but at the end of the day, I don't think there's another ceiling option here for me. And at the running back position, uh, you know, this is a chance that this could end up being like a Jamal Charles, a Chris Johnson, this sort of a player. Um, And again, he's attached to a tremendous offense. He's shown incredible big playability. And Matt, he's also shown better receiving ability than we we like we knew he was gonna be able to catch passes in the league, but we didn't know he was going to command this many targets. So even of late, we've seen him have, you know, a nine target game. Uh so so Devon A chain for me, I I feel really strongly about this pick and to go with Garrett Wilson and Devon A chain as my first two picks. I feel like I'm setting myself up for immediate success in twenty twenty four and success into the future.
2: This team has a lot of uncertainty though. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, this is swinging from the heels. This is Garrett Wilson at 13 fantasy points per game this year. A-Chain played in only a handful of games, and his weekly performances have been as volatile as any player in the league, giving you 30-plus fantasy points, giving you five fantasy points. This is a team that you need to, to stack stable options up after these two picks. So you can go high risk in the first two rounds. That's not crazy. That's not out of bounds. Just make sure that you go and, and add some stable options to this team in round three, four, five. This would be a great candidate for a team to go with Patrick Mahomes in in round three. Yeah. Just lock in something stable that you can, an anchor player that you know
0: you can rely on. Yeah, I think it kind of opens up when you have this sort of sort of opening. Um, you know, it opens you up to take some of like the like a Mahomes and then you can end up jumping into like a running back tier, some an older wide receiver. This is a, I really do like this start, though, because I think that at the end of the day, after a chain, the running backs don't excite me as much. I think that with the A.J. Brown team, it's begging for ETN, though. Yeah, I mean, he's he's yeah, I'll, 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 I'll say ETN is he's very, very insulated at this point in the draft. We've seen him take this major step forward this year. There's no reason to think that this is not going to be his offense next year in pretty much this, a similar regard. Peterson has a lot more trust in him than he did last year.
2: Right, so this is a team where you can take more high-risk options later because A.J. Brown and ETN are so
0: stable. Yeah, No. that's a that's a very good pick. Um, okay, so for me right now, I am picking for the team that went B. John Robinson in the first round. So I'm looking at wide receiver here. Oh, I know. Oh, you're going to do it. I'm gonna do it. You're gonna, do, gonna it. do it. You're gonna do it. I'm gonna go Puka Nakua right here. I'm taking Puka Nakua. I'm going with Bijan Robinson and Puka Nakua. I'm going with two rookies. I'm gonna go, you know, I loved, I loved watching Puka. I loved Puka last night. Puka, Puka to the moon, 18th overall in our startup. Not bad for a fifth-round pick. That's that's pretty that's pretty cool. Who should I go with next? I I think you know who you want to go with. I think you want to go with the state safe and steady uh, Devonta Smith value. He's still there. He's still there. And I could have gone him over Puka Nakua, but Puka Nakua got 33 points for me last night and I'm feeling loose. Yeah. I, I just got to go. I just got to go Devonta Smith. Yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't seem as exciting, but he's a foundational wide receiver for you for a while. I think that it's it, the whole argument that AJ Brown versus Devonta Smith, it's settled this year. It's definitely AJ Brown, but for a wide receiver too, it's sort of like your waddle pick, like Things can change, you know. He's going to be a long time uh, strong player in the league. Um, for me here, Matt, this one here is fun. Um, I've already gone with a. We should update our update our thing. So we went with uh, Puka, and then you went with Devonta Smith. Okay, so I am up, and this is the team that started out with that started out with Amon Ross, St. Brown. So Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down here. I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna do a Detroit double down. And I'm going to go with the first tight end name that we've called off the board. Yes. And our tight, end, our tight end one at Player Profiler. And we were ahead of a lot of sites here, Matt. We were ahead of a lot of sites. We had Sam Laporta go to tight end one overall. And we're not trying to be first in the Dynasty rankings, but we're trying to be correct. And at the end of the day, this is the best rookie season we've ever seen out of a tight end. Uh, Sam Laporta is just a mold breaker. And there's no reason to think that this is not going to get better in year two. He's given us... He's given us something like three tight end one overall finishes. Last week, we saw a three touchdown performance. I mean, Sam Laporta to the moon. And I think that there's going to be a lot of drafters. Like Alan Soslowski came on Dynasty Life and he discussed, we did kind of did this. And Sam Laporta for him is like a pick at like the one two turn. So for me to get him kind of later in the second round, I feel great about the value here. I love it.
2: I like, because the big question with Amon Ross St. Brown is, He's going to be sharing targets with Sam Laporta, and this is a up-tempo, high-volume offense, so there's no problem sharing t- tight end targets. I mean, who cares? But that's yeah. the one criticism. Like, oh, he also has this alpha tight end to to deal with. Okay, we'll stack him. That's the solution. Perfect. So Team Four drafted Gibbs. Team Four drafting Gibbs that needs a wide receiver that, and the wide receiver I want here. The receiver I think is a total stud. He's been a complete and total target hog this year. I'm happy
0: to just push the button right now on Michael Pittman. I know you've been a big you've been a big Michael Pittman guy for a long time, and this has been like the the magical season for him. And he's going to post over 160 targets this year, Theo. I know it's so good. He's so good, and he's he's still young enough. He's 26 years old. Um, he's just an absolute target hog. He's one of the guys you go into next year, and we, if we said, you know, pick a guy who's going to have 175 targets this year, he'd be on that short list. So Michael Pittman, I think, is he's gained an absolute ton of dynasty value. I'll give a shout out to myself, Matt. I have a big FFPC league playing for some money the next two weeks. A couple weeks back, I traded uh, Dallas Goddard and, and your guy Quentin Johnson. I got me some uh, some Michael Pittman in that one. So I gotta say, man, Gibbs and Pittman, that's a good combo. I like that start for Team Four it feels dangerous. It feels very, very dangerous. Um, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to go right here. You, you have a CD lamb team. So I feel really, really strongly about my production at the wide receiver position. And I feel like the wide, the CD lamb start kind of opens me up for whatever kind of build I want to make. If I want to go super young with another rookie, I could, I could push the button on that. If I want to push a running back up and I really felt like maybe I was going to get sniped, I could do that. But for me, the, the pick that kind of makes the most sense, I don't love taking a guy this early in a draft. But if I start out a Dynasty startup with Josh Allen and C.D. Lamb, Ooh. I'm feeling really good about things. I feel like my team is dangerous. And I feel like now I've given myself a, a point where I'm in contention in year one about as much as the CMC and Tyree Kill team is in a different way. And I also I know that I'm kind of open to grabbing – you know a bunch of those like middle class uh, running backs tier that we know is going to be there in the next few rounds. Everybody's going to try to push up wide receivers now and push up youth. I'm going to take the first quarterback off the board. I also think game theory wise, it makes people to start to think about Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes when I do this.
2: It's a great call. Now I'm thinking about quarterback.
0: Yeah, you're worried about getting sniped out at the at the at the the the, the uh, two three turn.
2: Oh man, yeah. Wow. Okay, so the CeeDee Lamb team took Josh Allen. If I have Justin Jefferson, I know I can go running back in a couple picks, or I can go wide receiver again. I can go right back to wide receiver if I want to. If you have Justin Jefferson, then, then you know you can also lock in a quarterback. I, I got to go Jalen Hurts there. I gotta go. I'm not worried that the, the NFL solved Jalen Hurts the last two weeks. Does anyone really think the NFL has solved Jalen Hurts? What? The idea that you could have a team two with Jefferson and Jalen Hurts, and that's your nucleus—that's too good to be true.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I love that, and I think the whole the whole idea of of Jalen Hurts, um, you know, he's had a, a just a, a slow stretch passing the ball, but the productivity is still there because he's so insulated by the rushing production. It's one of the best offenses in football. Next year, it'll be one of the best offenses in football. Um, you know, and and Hurts and Allen is very very close for us at Player Profiler. This is a this is a wild pick here last last pick in the second round and uh you know we're not going to reveal who I would would take at the the first pick in the third round but you'd be so open to uh, you'd be so open to a number of these uh running backs who are extremely productive. I think like if you wanted to pound the table and and take a Kenneth Walker or take a James Cook or one of these guys, you know, your own personal preference. Oh, Rashad White. Rashad White. Rashad White. The, I, no, you know, that's our guy, Matt. And plus, you want to go Rashad White here? That would be great. No, I think I'm actually going to go. I'm going to I'm gonna grab a wide receiver that I think has gained a ton of dynasty value this year. I think that there's an unbelievable talent. He's getting a 25% target share every week. We've seen him click, and he's one of the best offenses in football. And I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. And it might Ooh. seem a little high, but I have the 301 as well coming up. I can easily go running back. But when you tell me that I start with Jamar Chase and Brandon Ayuk with my first two selections, I feel like I have two wide receivers who could both be top five overall finishers next year. Um, and Brandon Ayuk is just an exceptional talent. I love I love getting him. And again, I'll have him next year at 26 years old. I love that start with Ayuk and Chase.
2: If you're curious, uh, our preferences for the next couple rounds, Go to Player Profiler. Check out uh, our, our draft planner. Get the Dynasty Deluxe Package. Right now it's only $10 for the next, uh, what, month and a half. You can get the Dynasty Deluxe Package for 10 bucks, And you can see the players we would be considering in round three and four. Now, we didn't just go based on the rankings. Uh, but most of the players that we were were in consideration were in those zones. And you can see exactly where we have them ranked on the Player Profiler. Dynasty Rankings, part of... Either the player profile or player rankings package has the dynasty rankings, uh, or you can get the dynasty deluxe package that has the draft planner. Uh, when you're actually, it actually shows the the draft board version uh, of the rankings with the ADPs
0: to help you plan your draft. Theo, I think we did it. We survived without Allen. We did. We did. We missed Allen, but uh, shout out to Allen. I'm sure he's going to listen to this one. We're going to bring you so much great content like this in the new year. I'm so excited for it, Matt. I, we have all these rookies to talk about. We have all these dynasty startups to talk about. This is like, this is prime time Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. It's been, it's been like, you know, the sporadic once a month, once every three weeks. And now we're back to it, man. It's going to be awesome. We're killing it. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts
2: on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And uh, we, we probably could, uh, you know, have some kind of uh, trumpet sound of some kind. Maybe we know. You know what we'll do? We could do a train horn.
0: Yeah, this is better than the trumpets. I like this better. The Dynasty startup train has left the station. It's essentially 2024 for us here at the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. I'm going to go Puka Nakua right here.
2: But, because, but he's a slot receiver, Theo. He's a slot receiver. He has a limited ceiling.
0: Destruct, destruction level wide receivers. It feels dangerous. It feels very, very dangerous. That's it. CD land. Lock it in. Can I? i tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this. This is what I'll tell you. The Dynasty startup train has left the station.
2: How about that? I'm not going to draft Puka Nakua with the third pick.